Good morning. Welcome to Garden Talk on 650-CKOM and 980-CJME. I'm Jay Thomas. With me, like always, Rick Van Dyke. Good morning, Rick. Good morning. And we've got Jill, who's with us, like always, too. But this time, on the road again. Jill, where are you coming to us from today? I'm in uh, Leduc, Alberta, just outside of Edmonton at a ringette tournament. Oh, that's exciting. Right on. That's cool. Yeah. you got a pretty, uh, pretty uh, adventurous life, Jill. You're always, it's always, where's Jill from? It could be Timbuktu or Cucamonga or maybe Leduc, but whatever, you know, somewhere. Yeah, having four kids that are very active in especially winter sports and ice sports, uh, yeah, we're all over the place. And right now my daughter, she plays uh, AA ringette, so she's playing in a tournament right now in Leduc, and there's teams represented here from all over Western Canada, so it's, it's pretty fun to be that, able to watch. That's exciting. That's exciting. Hey, if you're just waking up, this is the day that I always think of is that when I, when I see it a morning like this, okay, I don't know what it looks like where you are, uh, uh, Jill, but uh, this is the morning where all the photographers scramble out of bed and go running with their cameras outside yeah. because the horror, frost. the horror frost. Yeah, we had a very foggy uh, uh, last evening, and there is fog warnings around parts of the province right now. So yeah. it may not be gone where you are, too, where you're listening from right now. But we're, uh, we're sitting over top of the riverbank here in Saskatoon, uh, and uh, yeah, it's a beautiful morning the sun is just had just come up there when i got out driving to work this morning there was there was no clouds it was just all sun and all yep. the horror frost all the grasses are frosted over all the trees well it's funny because uh, uh so beautiful yeah I, I pull out of my garage and i look at oh my yard looks closed in right now because i put a temporary deer fence up around around the acreage right and to keep the deer out and right now the whole deer fence was seven feet high is just covered with horror frost. So yep. it looks like I'm, I'm walled in the yard because <laughs> it's just horror frost. Normally you can see right through it. You don't even almost notice it, you know? Totally. And, yeah, but I the- was actually really surprised with that deer fence that you put up. It almost looks clear, like you can't see it at all. Yeah. And uh, how has that been working with keeping the deer out of your yard? Well, I don't know yet. I had one deer, but th- that was the fault of my dog, though, that I've only seen one deer all summer yet. So the one deer about three weeks ago when I had the fence up... Uh, the dog was outside the fence, and she put the chase on a uh, 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 doe, a big doe. <laughs> okay. And and all of a sudden, I look into the backyard, and here I see the dog and this deer running across the backyard at full tilt and right on each other, and the deer went right through the fence like it wasn't even there. Oh, really? Well, because it, its, it's hooves are so sharp, right? So it went through, but I mean, it was on the chase. I yeah. mean, normally the deer won't be on the chase, and it'll stop the deer, no problem. But my dog had, uh, <laughs> yeah, she she rounded it up. She's she's a she's she's an Aussie doodle, so she's used to herding, right? And that's what she did last winter too. She herded a whole herd of deer back into the yard again. <laughs> <laughs> rather than oh, out man. yard. <laughs> so that's funny. What's it like uh, in terms of weather where you are, Jill? What's it like? Was there a lot of winter going on right there? It actually feels like a fall winter day. Um, so that's kind of what it's been like. It's it's just very very much no snow over here. Um, no leaves on the trees. The weather is probably around like minus five. Um, it, it's not even very windy. So I don't know. This is like it's crazy to think that it's. End of November. No it's snow. No, we are in December now. <laughs> well, yes, and we are in December today. Yes, I guess now. But like end of November, beginning of December, and there's no snow. I was watching just even our Instagram reels of uh, of like coming into the greenhouse and uh, into the garden center, and they show the windmill, and it's kind of like the fall leaves are still kind of on the clematis around the windmill, and then you come in through the windmill, and it's just like a Christmas paradise. And I'm like. 
is so weird. Usually that reel shows like winter and the snow is falling and then you come in and then it continues on with Christmas. So it's a very different, different um, winter Christmas season going into with uh, yeah. no snow, that's I, for sure. I think a lot of people are looking at their calendar right now with no snow on the ground, except Regina has still some snow. I mean, they have yeah, some snow around there. Yeah. Yeah. Probably Thank some you. snow, but I mean, there's a lot of people looking at OMG. Yeah, <laughs> it's it. Uh, Christmas t- Christmas is just three weeks away, or you know, that's about, about it. About it, right? So yeah. In fact, uh, you know, I was watching the, my my grandson play hockey, and uh, he uh, he he got the goal for the teddy bear toss. Oh, cool! And so all the teddy bears come flying up, which all goes all to you know people for Christmas and that kind of stuff, right? So, um, uh, so it was kind of you think, oh yeah, this is it's Christmas. It's right, people it's kind of forgetting about yeah. that. <laughs> totally, so, yeah. It's sort of not into the season. We went uh, actually. Just yesterday in Saskatoon, there's a tradition called the Festival of Trees, yep. and it raises yeah. money uh, for great causes, uh, hospital foundations around yep. the city, right? But uh, uh, if you're not if you're from Regina or other parts of the province, you may have heard of this, but it's kind of a an annual tradition where they they put up everybody decorates a tree, it gets displayed at the Western Development Museum, and there's yep. the gingerbread house display, and there yeah, you know, it's pretty credible and pretty fun, and Santa is there for the kids, and there's face painting and all that kind of stuff. But uh, it, did, it, did you have a favorite display this year? Oh, I mean, well, the Dutch Growers one was amazing. <laughs> I spotted that one. I spotted that one. No, uh, did I have a favorite display? Ooh, that's tough. Uh, there was some pretty incredible gingerbread houses. There was one that was done up like the Muppets Christmas Carol. Remember that movie okay. when we were kids? It came out in the yeah. 90s. Mm-hmm. And so it was all the little mini characters, you know, made out of... Out of uh, all, all kinds of stuff, but uh, yeah, it was it was pretty incredible. Yeah, um, anyways, uh, yeah, it's sort of weird though because I was going in there and then you're walking out and it's like it's not it's Christmas inside, but it's not outside. Same thing you were saying, Jill. I know. So. Uh, I know it's just. I, I was at the I was at a fundraiser for the for the Optimus Club, which were you know raising funding. They they run the Opt- Optimus Hill out here, and and I was driving home and I'm driving by the hill, and yeah, it's all covered with snow. It's not real <laughs> it's snow. Not re- they're making the snow, but but next weekend they're going to be open. So that's good. That's exciting. So that's exciting. So. Yeah. Cool. That will be fun. That will be fun. I know that that's always a fun activity to do, get out and yep. bring your snowboard or take your tube down the hill. It's like, I'm so glad that we have things like that in Saskatchewan. It's yeah, great. totally. And there's there's yes. places like that around Regina and southern parts, too, as well. Yes. I wanted yeah. to ask, do we have any Christmas trees left? Yes. We do. Yeah. Well, you, most places are going to have Christmas trees until between the 10th and the 15th. Okay. There's, That's, there's a few left at Dutch yeah, Growers? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good. We can still but get one there. I, I, sorry. I, I have, wasn't there this weekend. Oh. I wasn't there actually I, there I this weekend. Hold that up, Rick. We have about four to 500 trees left okay. right now. That's not very many. Um, so there's not very many. <laughs> so I think we'll have trees through till next weekend. But next weekend, if people wait till like right in the weekend, by the end of the weekend, we might be sold out. You know, we've, we've been at Dutch Growers, we've been run out by this weekend yep. previous years, right? And I was. That was I was but, talking to my my nephew in the the Regina store, and he was saying the same thing: is that they're probably by you know a ne- little bit after next weekend they won't be. But I, I suspect the, the things we just talked about, how it feels like doesn't feel like Christmas outside, yep. has kind of delayed people putting up their trees, right? Because yep. it's sort of the whole season is sort of triggered all together, right? Yep. So I know for me. My wife and I are putting up our tree today, yep. uh, so that's exciting. But, uh, but yeah, it's kind of that that time of year. I suggest I would suggest for most people across Saskatchewan, if you're thinking about getting a tree, is that get the tree. Even if you're not going to put it up for a week or two. Yep. And just put it in the shade somewhere in the shade, so it's not in the sun. And uh, 
Uh, if you're going to put it in the garage and your garage is a bit heated, put it in a bucket of water, uh, whatever, you know. But uh, uh, but get it and then uh, make a fresh cut before you bring it in the house and uh, you'll be ready to go. So, uh, But at least you have your tree. Perfect. We're going to get to uh, Regina right now to talk to Willa, and we've got to thank her for waiting on the line. Hello, Willa. How are you? Well, good morning. morning. Hi there. What's your question for us? Now, the, uh, in the spring, I bought a palm plant from one of the big box stores, and I've brought it in to winter it. Now, a few weeks ago, it got this very large spike growing out of the middle of it. I keep thinking it's going to open up and be a new leaf, but it's been a few weeks, and it's not. I just don't know what it is. It could hurt somebody. It's like a sword. <laughs> Yeah, that actually is a spike that is a new leaf that's coming. They sometimes take quite a while to open up um, because they'll they'll sometimes grow up as a spike almost to the full height of the current plant and then start opening up at that point in time. So, but they are quite sharp on the end. So you gotta be, you gotta be careful with that one for sure. But yeah, that is a new leaf that you have coming there. Okay. So I'll just be patient with that. With the light conditions you have in the house, they'll take a little bit longer than it would be when you had it outside. So. Right. Yeah, if you yeah. want to add a grow light to that, you can definitely kind of. One thing to watch with palm plants is they are susceptible to spider mite, which is from the drier conditions that we have in our home too. That that's when the spider mite would thrive. So if you add some humidity around your palm, that will definitely help that guy as well. Okay, and that's yeah, it's getting a little bit brown on the ends of the leaves. So I'm not sure what. Yeah. I need to. Yeah, you'll you'll see the brown on the ends of the leaves, usually from overwatering or underwatering, and the lack of humidity. So add uh, add some humidity by like using a pebble tray. So putting some rocks around the bottom of the plant and adding water water in that tray, or adding a humidifier. And then as far as watering, stick your finger in the soil up to your first or second knuckle, about an inch and a half, two inches down, and only water when it feels dry to the touch. Right. Okay. Thank you so much. All right. You bet. Thanks for letting. Take care. It's, it's funny, Jill, that you used to say that, you know, about your, your your pebble trays, because I went in yesterday and filled up your your Christmas tree uh, well. There, oh, because did it was, you notice my dry house? <laughs> yeah, it's it was it's almost it was it was almost it was still water in the bottom, but almost. So I filled it up, and then I I grabbed two big salad bowls out of your drawer, and then I filled them up, and then I put them underneath your tree as well. And so this the okay. humidity. The humidity of, of those bowls, because you're away, that would rise up through the plant, through the, through the Christmas tree as well, and help keep some humidity there as well. Oh, isn't it great having a garden <laughs> expert to come watch my house for me when I'm gone? That's pretty, pretty, uh, yeah, pretty good opportunity there. Yeah, no kidding. Thanks, Dad. <laughs> Very convenient. One eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. We got a text in here from Clayton in Saskatoon, just talking about we were talking about earlier the deer you know, situation where that is. And he was just pointing out that we don't have that hard snowpack just yet. So, you know, that's, that's definitely a difference. The deer are out, they're still feeding, but I noticed that in a little, there's a little village in, on Blackstrap called Shields. And there's some pictures of the, of, and comments from, from the local Facebook thing saying they're back. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) So So did you put up the deer fence to stop the deer or is that really what what it was for for you? Just to stop the deer. I had 40 deer in my yard last year. So they, they ate even my spruce trees they were eating. So I can't, I'm getting too old for them to to get them to eat them again (laughs) because I won't have any branches left of my spruce trees on the bottom. Right, right. So whatever you can do, right? Yeah. Well, most people, a lot of people just wrap individual trees, but I have too many trees. How, how, How tall is the fence then? Seven feet. 
Seven, oh, it's a seven foot tall fence. Yep. Wow. And I made a temporary so I can take it down for the summertime because I don't want to look at it all winter, all summer long. No, so, of course not. Yeah. So I'll roll it up and take my poles. I set it up so I can take my poles out of the ground easily with the sleeve and um, just set it up again next year. So, okay. Uh, we got a good question here that's coming at one eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. This is Betty who's in Saskatoon. Should I be putting some water on the roots of my four, yeah, four foot tall cedar trees? It seems like it's been a long time since they were watered with lots of the warmer weather. Well, if the ground is not frozen you, if, if you probe the soil and if there's no frost in the ground and probe the soil wherever you are and uh and it's dry absolutely yeah. give it some water yeah we're going to see plus plus four or plus lot, temperatures tomorrow a lot of places about three to four inches the frost is down now right so yeah. you, you might not you just probe the soil if it's frozen you're not gonna be able to do much Right, and, right. and then there's not much point. And, and if you're worried about, you know, turning brown, you can always still wrap the trees, right? Mm-hmm. And so, uh, because of this warm weather. Let's go back to Christmas here for a while. Now, there's something interesting happening. We, uh, we talk, touched a bit about this before, is that we have got Christmas trees a little bit longer than, than previous years. Yes. We've gotten to the 1st of December and been out of trees Live Christmas Christmas trees before, right? Uh, not no, really. about, not? About, okay. the, about the eighth to tenth. That's, that, that's usually that's where we the last two. You, okay, you, you'll never be out this early. But we're we're I think seeing the a. The soonest I've seen them out was like on the sixth of December. The sixth. They were gone, yeah. Gone. Okay. Yeah. We're seeing a different trend though, Jill, uh, in the greens garden centers and, and greenhouses around that people are on the hunt for live greens. Yeah, and so live greens are like those cedar boughs, Douglas fir, silver fir, um, white pine, and you use them to, they're cut, cut boughs, and you use them to put them into your annual containers to sort of like just add some warmth to your doorstep or maybe put them in a vase inside your home. And I get a lot of my greens from the West Coast, and uh, they come in weekly, and I ordered about 25% more than I have in the past, and they've been selling out every week. And, um, like last week, they, they come in on Thursdays and they were sold out by Monday, Tuesday. So now we didn't get another shipment till Thursday. They were sold out in one day this past week. One day we sold out a whole week's supply of greens. And so, um, just sort of seeing that, I, I sort of got my sister to go around and scout around the city and call around a little bit. And it was right across the city. Everybody was sold out. So I spent uh, a better part of yesterday just phoning, um, different growers and suppliers in BC and getting some orders um, up for next week. But yeah, we're, we basically only have Douglas Fir in the garden center right now and uh, more will be arriving Wednesday, Thursday this week. But um, for myself, I don't have my porch pots in yet because it hasn't felt like Christmas it, yet. It was funny. I'm a little bit delayed doing them and uh, I, I'm going to have to wait. Jay, you said that you were hoping to do them pick them up right after the show today. I, I was literally planning on leaving here and going to Dutch <laughs> Growers to get this. <laughs> yeah, and I was at the fundraiser last night, and someone says, what's with not no greens? Uh, I was at your place on, I think she said Wednesday, and she says there was no greens left. And I says, yeah, you gotta, you got to come. It'll be more this next Thursday. Well, next, next Thursday. For, for us, this year, we added a couple new pots to the front of our yeah. place. We have a, a garage on the front of our house. So we put one tall sort of... Uh, V-shaped square pot on each corner of yep. the garage, and then mm-hmm. what I do is I've got I've got sort of the the what what are those uh, things we plant? Like they're, they're 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 pots, but we just they're temporary. We grow trees in them, like oh, they're just a green, nursery, nursery, nursery pot, pot right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Anyways, I've got a couple of those that we can take in and out of the big pot, yes. right? Yeah. Well, the, okay, all of, all of my stuff that grew this summer that was in there, there was coleus in there and some grass yeah, yeah. and things like that. Well, the the roots took over 
all of the soil. Yep. Like it was just yep. a, a complete ball. ball. Yep. So I thought like, well, I'll save some of this and we can put the live greens into this. Nope. Because when everything died at the end of the year, yep. I had to pretty much dump it. Like you yep. couldn't even pull the yeah. soil out of it. It was so full <laughs> so of roots. Full of roots yeah. So anyways, I have these, yeah, I have these, I have these, you know, nursery pots that we can just build something new yep. into for Christmas. And that's what we were going to do this Wednesday with my parents. And, and we have more to add this year, a couple more pots. And something. You and now do, it's going to be hard to find the stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and talking about that root ball, there's something you can do with that is you can, you can break it up and spread it in the garden, right? Or you mm-hmm. can break it up and use, if you have a new pot, you can use some of those in the base of your new pot and put new soil on the top. Right, so let's yeah, I'll usually suggest like about a, a foot of new soil. But one of the things I've done with some of my corporate plantings, Rick, is I actually take like a um, a camping saw, and I will uh, actually saw the bottom like part of the root ball off and put that back into my pot just to fill up just to fill color for the bottom of my pot. Yep. And then the top twelve to fourteen inches, I refill with fresh soil. Yep. So that's yeah. a little trick you can do too. Okay. So why not like, recycle it? Right? So solid. Sometimes you're like. Ah, I can't even break it up, so that's when I, the saw comes in handy. Yeah, well, that, and that's where I was at. It's like it was, I you couldn't even almost drive a uh, a, trowel, a trowel into it. It was so yeah. thick, no, you, you know? No, you can't. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, so I got some greens to find at some point here, and, and it's going to be tough to get them in some places. So keep an eye out for that. If you're finding them, good for you. <laughs> yeah, it might be hard to find some greens around cities in the province. Maybe some smaller centers where they've got a, a stock and it doesn't sell quite as fast. That might be, you know, an easier way to find that kind of thing. But it's a bit of a challenge. We still have some some trees in stock. But I think like today, if you think about it, it's a Sunday, right? That's going to be a big day for setting. Like, that's what I'm doing today. We're setting up the tree, right? So I think a lot of people are going to be doing that as well. Yep. No, uh, you'll see that quite a bit, and this 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 week coming up, this next weekend coming up is the yep. is the big weekend for people getting the trees. Absolutely. So one thing that we're seeing, we talked about, you know, we're talking about the weather quite a bit, is that we're seeing for a lot of the province, not everywhere, and I know there's lots of places that have snow right now, but there's still access in good chunks of the province to to trees. And what I mean is, there isn't a you know four foot snowdrift in front of that tree to get yep. away from you pruning it. And we got some warm temperatures, so we can still be doing some of that, Rick. Right? Yeah, like there's going to be plus temperatures for for at least two or three days of the, of the week right around the province. So I mean, it's a great time you can get out there and enjoy the outdoors and uh, do some pruning, especially if you got some fruit trees like apples and pears and plums and everything else. You can go out there and and give them some pruning. I have got have been getting lots of uh, lots of emails and everything else asking, can I still prune? Can I still pruning it's so nice outside yeah, absolutely and the only ones you want to stay away from is birches and maples yep because if you prune them now they still will bleed in the spring okay, okay. so and it just makes a gross mess yeah and it so, attracts bugs yeah. and things so. so those two trees prune them in uh prune them next summer start in july okay okay and also uh if you're going to look at your shrubs the shrubs you don't want to prune is your early blooming shrubs like lilacs don't prune them right now because you'll cut all the blooms off Unless you, unless it's so big, you know that that you know, it's twelve feet tall, and you wanted to cut it down to six feet, then you can trim it down now because you're mm-hmm. not going. Then you're not worried about the blooms. You have blooms the following year, okay? So then right. you can do that pruning on them. Uh, same thing with double flowering plum, you know, flowering almond, uh, any of your forsythias. They all bloom first thing in the spring, so don't prune them until after they finish blooming normally, unless you do a major pruning, and then you can still do it now. But all your contoniasters, all your shrubs, your your spireas, some of your really short shrubs, I like to wait till spring. The only reason is because if we do, do get some snow sometime, we will get snow, don't worry. Yeah, that's right. And that it catches more snow and protects the plant. 
And uh, but other than that, uh, you can do some light pruning. If you're doing some light pruning on your spireas, potentillas, your nine barks, those kind of things, you can always take those trimmings and you can use some of those trimmings in some of your decorating as well. Yeah, that's right. Right? Where we can't so, where we can't find that those you know, those greens, we can add other color from right. From you stuff. have your junipers hanging over top of your sidewalk and that kind of stuff, or over top of your grass because you keep running with the mower and that kind of stuff. You can take some trimmings and then yeah, use some of those trimmings in some of your vases and. And centerpieces, and and or on your on your wreath on your door, or whatever. So what you're saying, no. Jill, is that we could we could actually grow our own greens. Yep. Yeah, or, or red red, do- red dogwood twigs, right? They were exactly. awesome in little arrangements and everything else. So the red dogwood, the willow, those are all great yep. great things. Now, Rick, you always say like right tool for the right job. So what type of pruners would I would I need to use for doing pruning? Like, is there different types for different jobs? Yeah, you want to like you you want a good pair of hand pruners first of all. And the biggest thing is that it doesn't matter what type they are. You know, because you can buy cheap ones, you buy expensive ones. Just making sure they're sharp, right? Mm-hmm. That's that's the big one. Sharp and clean. Uh, if you worry, but you might have had some diseases in that. Make sure you at least clean after every plant. Okay, so you're not spreading from one plant to another, or if you're cutting right next to like a black knot in a in a choke cherry tree, then you're going to clean your pruners after every cut, right? If you're cutting close to some disease parts, so you're not spreading. And when it with I'm your cleaning pruners. the pruners, I'm cleaning them with like just like a bleach solution, yep. or what uh, am I using? A bl- uh, like a just a light, like you know, like ten, fifteen, twenty percent bleach and seventy percent water, you know, type of thing, eighty percent water, or otherwise you can use a, a, a rubbing alcohol, right? Methyl hydrate, yep. uh, any kind of thing that works for uh, to, to sterilize your um, the plants. Just make sure that if you end up using bleach, uh, that once you're finished with them, and then make sure that you take them to the sink and wash them with soap and water and your pruners, and then take some vegetable oil, canola oil, whatever, right? We make beautiful canola oil here in Saskatchewan. Yeah. Put some canola oil on them and just... And just Wipe, wipe. Take a take a, a paper towel and wipe some uh, uh, some of that canola oil on your tools, whether it be your shovels, your pruners, anything, and it'll just keep your tools all nice and uh, ready to go for the next day. Yeah, no rust, that sort of yep. thing. Okay, let's take a, a, a dip over to the phone lines right now because we got Brian who's in Saskatoon and has a question about a tree. Hi there, Brian. How are you? Uh, good morning, guys. Hey, I've been here about twenty years and I've got a birch tree. Yep. And uh, I first noticed when I it had some blight on it. Now, now the leaves are gone. I was looking at it, and I'm like, "Holy cow! It's like it's all over the place." It, you know, you know, it's black. It kind of looks like bits of dog poop all over the branches. You know what I mean? Yep. And uh, other than that, though, I mean, in the summertime, it's uh, healthy. Looks healthy. It's full of leaves. Uh, will this eventually? Take the tree down, or is there anything you can do about it? Yeah, if it's if it's fire blighted, it'll eventually it'll eventually just well you'll start losing one branch at a time, right? So I mean you can prolong it all by making sure that you cut out the branches. Like in the spring, what you'll see is you'll see right about two weeks after flowering, you'll see the the leaves start to do wilting down at the tips and and uh, uh, near where the flowers were and going down like a witch's broom. Right, it'll it'll weep down and then they'll turn from they'll turn from green wilted to a rusty rusty red color. And if you prune those branches off right away, you can stop it from spreading a lot. So um, so. You can, that's the way you can you can keep on top of it. The one thing, if you if you're sure you got fire blight, you can always bring a sample into a garden center in a bag to make sure. But 
I like to take it out sooner than later because you got to remember, fire blight spreads to other apple trees, right? It'll spread to uh, mountain ashes. It'll spread to flowering crabs, and it'll spread to condoniaster. So yeah, if you, it's, it's on every uh, every branch of the tree yeah. that I can see. So I would I would end up if you, if you want to confirm that it is fire blight, then I would suggest is to take the tree down so you don't affecting your neighbor's trees as well. But like you say, like I mean, the, the, the leaves they don't turn that red color and they don't wilt at all. Well, then then you have to see if you're not seeing any of the red branches or but you you might you might have something else and that's why you want to check because the black on the stems is a lot of times it's from sap oozing out of the branches, right? And yeah. then it oxidizes and t- makes these little black balls or black streaks on the on the bark. So, so I can bring in a sample to you guys. And- absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Also, one quick more question. I've got a whole bunch of fertilizer left over from summer. Yep. I kind of want to use it up because, you know, like usually a lot of times in the winter it'll harden up. Yep. I, can I use it for my fall fertilizer? Absolutely. Yep. But but now I'd suggest if you're going to put it down now, you're not going to be able to water it in, right? Yeah, right. So if you're going to do anything with it, if you want to put it out now, wait for a skiff of snow to come first so okay. that it melts through the snow, right, and then gets sealed into the into there so the, the nitrogen doesn't just evaporate into the air. Yeah, so it doesn't blow away or whatever. Well, yeah. mainly it'll, if it just sits open, it could just, you know, by, it could just, but if you if you put it, or just before a snow or whatever, that's if it gets capped and sealed with the snow, then that would be good for next spring. Thanks, guys. Okay. Yep. You're welcome, Brian. Thanks a lot. And you know, weather, you've got, uh, the weather has brought you snow in the south, or maybe the north part of the province. You're in the middle of the part of the province, and there's not a lot of snow. We've got some beautiful fog and horror frost this morning. But in any regard, you know, no matter where you are, there's not a lot of green that you can look at. Yep. You know, that's sort of a reality. But uh, Jill, you know, and Rick, we've got, we've got the options of bringing green back inside. And we can also bring in green with a purpose, right? That we can do some cooking with that green too, right? Yep. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, winter gardening is a thing. Like, uh, we saw a huge trend of houseplants coming indoors and people doing little gardenscapes with terrariums and um, cactus and succulent uh, arrangements and mixed tropicals and containers. But I I think what I'm seeing more of now is uh, a trend just to more, like, herbs inside the yard and adding a grow light to your, to your kitchen, even underneath your countertop and growing some herbs. Um, right now is the season for um, adding some garnishes to some of your holiday drinks and rosemary, um, lavender, um, having some mint on hand. Those are all great plants to do. And if you're propagating those ones, those ones are best to buy as a plant and then take cuttings and propagate off of those ones. They're more of a hardwood plant. Um, so that's how you're going to have more success. But then if you want to do like things like basil and lettuce like feeding those on a regular basis indoors is is a great way that you can kind of continue to garden indoors and and now people are starting to panic already about christmas being three weeks away those are great christmas gifts as well yeah put a little package together with a a little grow light some seeds or maybe even a little plant um what a a great way to to just sort of Spark another hobby and get somebody growing and add some life into somebody's home for the Christmas gifts. And you know what? Even and you know, talking about those Christmas gifts, you're going to find them right across the province. Whether you're at a local hardware store or a garden center or a greenhouse or whatever, you'll always find you know that type of a gardening gift, whether it be a grow light or a little little uh, uh, windowsill uh, planter that you can plant your herbs into, or you know, one of those those um, those those 
Arrow gardens. Uh, arrow gardens, you yep. know, with the with the light and, and hydroponically growing the plants. There's all kinds of little gifts. Or, or pick up a bonsai and now you've created something that can last for generations. Yes. And something fun yep. that they can, they can create. So you, you might just see something, something randomly. And I'm finding even like little pop-up shops. I was at a, a coffee shop and they had a, like a little pop-up plant store in their coffee shop. And so you might even just be picking up a coffee and see like this kind of unique plant and be like, oh, you know what? That would be a great little gift or something to I just love that like this little little bit of life is showing up in many different places that are untraditional, not even just garden centers. And you know, one thing I wanted to mention is to talk about grow lights because, uh, you know, for a long time, grow lights were kind of uh, awkward. So let's say, you know, 20 years ago, a grow light meant you had to get the big tube lights put into a, yep. uh, mm-hmm. something like that. You can now buy light bulbs, that go into standard yep. fixtures or standard uh, lamps and things like that that are grow lights. And, and, and L- they don't give off a strange light. They just look like and light. They're, and they're LEDs. And they're LEDs. Grow lights, so right? My, so less power, everything. So. Exactly. So my point is that, you know, if you say, say you've got a house plant that you, or a palm, you know, we, yep. sometimes those, those really tropical things just need a little bit more light support throughout our winter, right? To make it to next year. But you can, you know, put a lamp or say like, say maybe you've got a, a nice, you know, decorative lamp in your, living room, right? You can screw in a a LED grow light into that, get it close to that plant. That's going to support, help support that plant, right? And it's not going to be some awkward, ugly looking thing that you have to have. You can just add those things in creatively and still benefit your plants. Well, because, you know, I was reading a a report of what what they do with cannabis growing, right? They're putting grow lights on little strings in amongst the canopy. Right. So it's not just from the top, now they can put lights and different spectrum lights. They're, they're experimenting with blue and reds and all that different colors of, of, of spectrums in the, in the light bulb. And, but yeah, they're putting the lights right in amongst the crop now to give a, get a better, better crop, right? So. So if you want to add a grow light, it doesn't have to be something that's terribly ugly. There's some very yep. thin, svelte, small ones you can tack onto the bottom, say, yep. of, of a cupboard in a, yep. in a kitchen, right? Exactly. So you can have stuff growing underneath a cupboard with a grow light that you don't even notice is there, yeah, it's right? Like a strip light. It's like a strip light. Yeah. And, and it can be on a timer, I'm right? Not, that sort of thing. I'm trying to remember if I saw, I don't know if I saw a strip light in the grow light yet spectrums, but, uh, but definitely a, a, a flat type of flat, thin, thin, flat one, yeah, right? Yeah, absolutely. Plus the screw in bulb type so yep. you can put a, a lamp in your in your living room next to a plant and that can simply help support the light for that so yep. there's more creative and less obtrusive ways you know yes. intrusive ways of of helping your plant with those lights yes right totally so one eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. let's go to our text line we've got uh marlene who texts us i have four little quick fire hydrangeas they are quite small yet yes only two bloom this summer should the old blooms be pruned how, when and how should i prune these plants okay so hydrangeas i like to leave till spring okay the only thing i cut off right now is that there was a big bloom on the top Okay. Right. okay. And the quick fires don't have a huge bloom, the more of a flatter bloom on them. Mm-hmm. And so you probably could just leave them because if they catch more snow, the more protection. Now, one thing I do with the quick fires though is that if there's, if you don't have mulch around the base, get some leaves and protect the plant. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. because you don't want, you know, with no snow and we go down below minus 15, you, you could get some damage. Okay. And so, but otherwise protect it with a box and put some leaves in it or whatever, put some mulch around it. If you get, if you do have some snow in parts of the province, throw some snow around it. But otherwise I like pruning my hydrangeas back at least, at least 30%, one third to one half. 
in the spring and you'll get way more blooms. Right. And then fertilize it using uh, even uh, an acid-based fertilizer, okay, like a 30-10-10, or otherwise if you just got a regular fertilizer you have you're using, uh, you know, like a 20-20-20, add some aluminum sulfate with the plant and then you'll get tons of blooms next summer. I find that once for, I have not that type of hydrangea, but the one I have in my backyard is a white one. And uh, it really gets green pretty quick. Yep. And it really doesn't bloom until I do what you just said. When I give it some fertilizer and some aluminum sulfate, mix that in, all of a sudden, pop there goes there goes yeah. the blooms finally so and i gotta, that, I gotta remember that, to start doing that earlier in the spring and, you know and early in the spring you get that pruning because everywhere you cut you're going to get two branches out from where you cut which means two more blooms right right so that's yeah, important exactly i kind of did a little bit of a bad thing this year it got a little bit dry so it stayed alive yeah. but a lot of the a yeah. lot of the <laughs> yeah. leaves dried up on it's, me so. especially if it's in a little bit of sun yeah, especially if you have especially if you have a lot of in a sunnier, more areas, uh, then you need to keep them moist. Yeah, I gotta I gotta change the watering pattern for yeah. my sprinklers for that. There Whoops. You go. <laughs> Anyways, uh, we got one minute left here to wrap up the show. So the basic things we talked about this week is you can still prune, you can still get outdoors and do that yes. with warm temperatures. Yeah, absolutely. Right? We've got a bit of a shortage going on around the province with greens, Jill. So that means we got to look for things, mm-hmm. right? It's a bit of yeah, a bit of a hunt this year. And and you can even check and out you your. Can wait till Thursday. There's lots more yeah. coming, but you just got to wait a little. Bit. And right. some of the small towns that your your local florist shop, you know, it might be your town, next town, they might have some mm-hmm. greens as well. Right. So you can yeah. you can go over that. Right. right. Don't forget to grow indoors. Get those plants going inside. We can do all that. And otherwise, hey, uh, it's it's tree setting up day for a lot of us. Right. That's yes. it's kind yeah. of that. that it's a big thing happening right now. So I know there's some people that are early just after, you know, in November, they're, they're all gung-ho for it. But if you're doing live trees, this is the, the main time. Also, make sure that if you, you're bringing in your live Christmas tree and you've got some host plants, like with that palm tree we were talking about earlier, yep. move it away from the Christmas tree. Mm. Okay. Okay. Uh, so a lot of times the Christmas trees have spider mites, yeah. so you want to watch that. Yes. You want to watch okay. them. Don't be put them. For that. Don't put them next to the Christmas tree. We got to go. Thanks for joining us. We'll be back here same time, same place next weekend. We'll see you then. I'm Jay with Jill and Rick. This has been Garden Talk on 650 CKOM and 980 CJME.